Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 131, Lands Before Time. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight is Matt. What's up, what's up? And Tom. When did you come up with the name there? Shut up. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation, as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, load your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. Look, not my best effort. I've, I've kind of been on a losing streak recently. It has literally nothing to do... You know, going back to like our first, what, 20 or 30 episodes where the title had legitimately nothing to do with what we talked about in the episode, I'm trying to bring that trend back to life, I think, is what's going on here. I mean, Pete, I'll be honest. I don't even listen to the, the podcast titles anymore because they've been so whack lately. Well, you have ghosts in your house, so I don't really value your opinion. Should we explain that theory really quick? Tom, you want to share the theory of ghosts in your house? Well, yeah. So I've always had this thing, like if a house is built before, what is it, 2020 now? So if a house is, certainly if it's built before 1980, it's haunted. 1990 is close now. It's at that ghost time where ghosts begin to form in my, my mind. The house that I'm in was, we're good. We got plenty of years. We got plenty of years before it becomes haunted. So you're saying that a house just by being there gets ghosts? I think I think if a house was built in 1980, it's likely something traumatic has probably happened. Maybe someone fell asleep and died in the house. It, you just you don't know what happened on that land either. It could be an area like where there, where, you know, I worry. You think it's an Indian graveyard or something? I, I mean, what? I just don't know. I, th- listen, there is some, the- you know, there are some theories that the house I live in could be haunted. The attic, specifically, I don't go up there. Well, I can I can tell you that I've been in Tom's house and I've experienced hauntings there. But Tom told me when he first told me this theory that for every decade old your house is, there's at least one ghost per decade. So evidently, my house has you know eight or nine ghosts according to Tom. Well, your house just has that haunted feel, like. You know when you walk through a room and there's one cold spot? Every room at Matt's house has a few cold spots. So you know there's ghosts chilling. Tom, Tom, that's called air conditioning. <laughs> wait, wait, you're, you're talking about when you walk under the air conditioning vent? Because that's not that's not a ghost. No, no, I'm talking about... I, look, I'm a paranormal skeptic. I do not, I do not think that either you one of your houses has ghosts. You need to be careful with that. Your house is probably haunted and you're just pissing people off right now. You know what, honestly, guys, like, let's move off the, the ghost here. Um, listeners, if you have a theory on this, I'd love to hear it. Um, hopefully none of you live in a house that's, you know, much older than mine. But, all right, go ahead. Or hopefully none of you are dumb. Like Ghosts dumb. are real. Pete's dumb. Ghosts are real. And I'm sure we have listeners who have ghosts in their house or have ghost stories. So please share them. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to read them, by the way, because I'm scared of ghosts. So if you share them, put a disclaimer before I start reading your, your message or your tweet. I've... I've just never, I've never had any kind of paranormal ghost experience ever in my life. Now, have I heard like a noise at night, like the door creaking? Yeah, absolutely. But that could be explained by like wood shrinking because it's getting colder or warmer. You explain it to yourself however you need to, Pete. It's a ghost. You know it. I know it best. Whatevs. Whatevs. Okay. Tonight, we're going to talk about, this is, this was a tough episode for me. We're going to talk about, well, we're going to rank all the lands at Walt Disney World. Every park, every land. 
I purposely tanked some of Tom's favorite lands because that's what I do. But we are gonna we are gonna rank every land at every park, and we're gonna mix them all together. You know, we're not gonna go park by park. This is a uh, this is a very here's where here's where they stand. Before we do that, let's uh, let's go to the news for the week. So the news, really, I I don't know that there's a whole lot of news that we need to talk about other than the parks are officially reopened. Uh, they opened uh, for annual pass previews last week. Well, cast member previews and annual pass previews, and now all four parks are officially open. Obviously, we missed we missed uh, missed last week because of the Fourth of July. But anyway, so let's talk about reopening. How's it going so far that you've seen? Well, one one note I want to make this this episode will release July fourteenth, and Epcot and Hollywood Studios won't be fully open by then. I think their first day is the fifteenth. Now they did have cast member previews and they have annual pass previews, but for all intents and purposes, the parks are back open. We've watched closely at Magic Kingdom and Epcot, obviously, or Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, rather. You know, Pete and I, and Matt included, we have not been able to to get down to the parks. But so far, it seems so good. I mean, I know there are pictures that have circulated, you know, at guest services at Magic Kingdom, I believe. But I'm going to take the word of the 20 or 30 other outlets of information we have that the parks have opened smoothly. It's fairly easy to social distance. Most, well, I'll say all people are abiding by the mask rules. Disney actually has a team that's out in the park to ensure that people are wearing a mask. And the wait times haven't elevated to an extreme level yet. Now, I don't know what percentage they're letting in of of park capacity. Maybe 20%, maybe not even. But so far, it seems it's been so good. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I've been watching the wait times pretty closely. And you're right. I, I didn't uh, I didn't think about that, that. Hollywood Studios and uh, and Epcot are are only open to cast members at this point, right? I think annual pass holder previews start tomorrow, or annual pass holder previews might have been today. So for, for today being Monday, it was cast member previews. Tomorrow will be annual pass holder. So July fourteenth, the day this releases, it's it's annual pass holder previews, and then uh, the fifteenth is when Epcot and Hollywood Studios will be open for their first full official day. Uh, that you would still need a park reservation for. So, and the wait times have looked good. I mean, Flight of Passage has been 10 to 15 minutes tops. Really, the longest uh, longest wait time that I saw all weekend was Splash Mountain. Yeah, and that, you know, one, I, two points on that. That's that's a product of we don't know when it's going to go away. So people are going to make sure they ride it at least one last time. Another item that's been interesting to follow is the Splash Mountain merchandise and the store that's located by the attraction, they actually had to virtual queue the store this weekend. And so you would, just like you would uh, mobile order or you would virtual queue at another attraction, they would text you when it was your time to come in. You've seen this done at World of Disney and Disney Springs. And, you know, I think one dynamic that we didn't anticipate, or at least we didn't talk about on the podcast, is the fact that while there is no park hopping, I know we talked about that, we're seeing the impact of that because people are saying, where can I spend a full day? So far, they've chosen Magic Kingdom to spend their full day. Because if you watch the wait times at their their peak, you know, I think uh, Flight of Passage I've seen maybe at 30 minutes once. I've seen Splash Mountain at 45. I've seen Seven Dwarfs at 45. I've seen Pirates of the Caribbean and Jungle Cruise at 25 plus. And you haven't really seen that at Animal Kingdom Maybe one attraction at a time will get like that, but for the most part, they're five to ten minute waits, and uh, you're able to walk on to most attractions. Hey, and I do want to just real quick revisit what you said about the merchandise at Splash Mountain. 
I think that's called Briar Patch is the shop there or something like that. I mean, I've seen the pictures, people walking out of here with just bags and bags and bags of Splash Mountain merchandise. Guys, I don't think Splash Mountain's going anywhere for a while. I certainly don't think, especially with the popularity of Splash Mountain merchandise, that Disney's going to be destocking Splash Mountain merchandise anytime soon. Don't support these people. Don't buy out, buy this crap on eBay. Wait till, wait till Shop Disney gets it back in stock. Wait till you get back down to the parks. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. Don't reward this behavior. Yeah. You know, Pete and I have talked about this on the side. I, I did, I don't necessarily have an issue with people loading up on, on Splash Mountain merchandise because I think it's Disney's responsibility to stop that. And Disney obviously chose not to stop that. And so, you know, while I would never suggest you go buy these, these items off eBay that are, you know, three, four, five, six times that what you would normally pay on Shop Disney or in the park, I have to kind of lean more toward Disney dropping the ball a little bit here just because Disney should have put, and maybe it gets, maybe one day happens and Disney's like, hey, didn't anticipate that. And then moving forward, you limit someone to a, either a dollar amount they can spend or an item amount. But the fact of the matter is Disney needs to make money. So if people are going to clean the shelves, they'll let them right now. And and they are constantly restocking merchandise. I mean, I know that the first day the parks were reopened, it was all sold out. They are restocking it. So it's it's not like they're running low on stock or anything like that. Don't get on eBay and panic buy because you want Splash Mountain memorabilia. It's going to be around for a while. And Disney is not ready at this point in time to start working on updating Splash Mountain. And I don't think they're going to be for the foreseeable future. You know, they've got a lot of projects in the works that have to finish their timelines before they move on to anything else. So I think you're fine. Don't panic buy. Don't, like Tom said, don't go spend five, six, seven times what this stuff is worth on Shop Disney or at the at the actual Disney stores. Now, one thing I'll tell you, if you're if you're somebody who does want some of that Splash Mountain merchandise, I, and, and if you're a local, I would try to do Magic Kingdom multiple days because for for today, the uh, the store was restocked, but it was all generic Disney things that you would find in the Emporium or other places. You know, it was it was Mickey and Minnie plush dolls. It was you know normal Disney pins. It's just going to take Disney a little bit to get the Splash Mountain material back in. Um, so pay attention to that. And I, I think I misspoke. Briar Patch is closed. You do have to buy this merchandise at Splashdown Photos now. Not not a Briar Patch. Well, yeah. So reopen parks. Everything looks fine so far. We watched some videos. The parks looked empty. I'm not advising anybody to go or not to go, whatever. That's your personal decision uh, for you to make. If you feel safe down there, if you want to continue staying away, again, your decision to make, but uh, but they are reopened at this point. So just a couple other points on that. Uh, Disney is not offering uh, merchandise pickup or hotel delivery during this kind of reopening. So if you buy something at a shop, you have to take it with you. Uh, you can't have it sent to the front gate. You can't have it sent to your hotel at this point. And the only other piece of news I, I think is uh, it's not Disney World related, but it is noteworthy uh, because Hong Kong Disneyland announced, I believe today, that they're going to be shutting back down due to a spike in cases, correct? Uh, starting July 15th, they'll be, they'll be back closed. So, okay, but announced today on the 13th. Gotcha. So, you know, while that, while that is a totally different part of the, uh, part of the world, I don't know if that'll have 
ramifications or, or end up impacting, you know, Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Right now, initial response is mayor, governor, everyone's in support of Disney World being open. You know, the limited, the, not the limited, but the amount of people that we've seen and heard and talked to that have been feel like Disney World is safe. They feel safe going. And so hopefully there is not a uh, direct correlation to well, one, we don't want anyone to get coronavirus, but two, I, we're all hopeful that Disney can remain open just because it's, you know, it is uh, a place that we love, even if we're not visiting it right now. Um, so yeah, that was the only other piece of news I think that, that I had, Pete. All right. One, uh, one final thing. And, and this does apply if you're going to Disney World. Obviously, you have to wear a mask. Uh, there are some guests that, uh, that have said that they cannot wear face masks. They require accommodation which is fair. Uh, Disney has updated their policy to require face shields for these guests. And, and there are some attractions that guests are required to take off their face shield and put on a mask to, to ride. Disney was previously providing these face shields or had said they would provide face shields. But beginning July 14th, if you feel like you need a, an accommodation and need a face shield, you will have to bring your own. You know, I mean, I'm thinking about this. I've never, I've never worn a face shield. If I go out in public, I wear a mask. But it, you know, it's a, it's where, where I live. We're mandated to do so. But a face shield might be more comfortable. Yeah, I, I would think it would be more comfortable. I mean, we have uh, we have folks that wear face shields at work all day long and and don't have any uh, don't have any issues with them. I, I I guess I can see an issue with the face shield fogging up pretty significantly. Would would be really the only issue. Yeah, I might. Well, don't you? Don't you just? It's like when you go skiing, you just spit in the goggles, and they don't fog up. Don't you just? I mean, now we're really getting germy. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> think spitting. I don't think spitting is what what you want to do. So that is uh, that's all the news, unless you got something else. No, that is. Uh, I think that wraps up the news for us. All right. Well, let's pause for just a second to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Let's let's go to the episode because, frankly, I'm sick of talking about ghosts with you with you two goobers. Can I call you goobers? Is That's that actually nicer enough? than what I thought you were going to call us. <laughs> you you can be mean sometimes. I, I can be mean. I can't be mean. I could I could say you have the Rona, but that's it, that's not factual. It's, that's if it's iffy though. It's iffy. We don't know. It's, it's, it's also like, it's also not like, really. It's not funny. <laughs> I think it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat, right? Like you either do or you don't. We don't know until we observe it. Pete, I think 
you've displayed how mean you can be with these rankings, and we'll get to them. But I know what you've purposely done here. No, I didn't do it on purpose. I we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. You're you right. did. Yeah, I think you did one of them on purpose. One. Well, I did it because I realized that I forgot to rank one of the lands where it should have been, and then I had to go back and correct it. It was just this, it was this whole ordeal. But I think we're good now. I think I think these turned out pretty well, actually. So do y'all want to start from the top or start from the bottom? Let's let's start from the bottom and just knock these out really quick. Uh, okay, there there are by our count there are twenty seven lands at all the parks, and we probably are missing something. I'm sure. Whatever, it doesn't matter. We're gonna go with twenty seven. So number twenty seven, really a huge nothing burger. The Oasis at Animal Kingdom. I don't have anything to say about this. So just to make sure everyone's aware, we went in individually and ranked these and took the average. And Oasis <laughs> came in with a ranking of 26.7, which would be the last ranked land. What the Oasis area is, when you enter Animal Kingdom, have you ever noticed like the little tiny exhibits with the animals? That's what the Oasis is. And I think we all ranked it appropriately. Pete did rank it 26 out of 27, and we'll get to that. But... There's not, it's not quite like a zoo level. It's not very interesting. It is shaded and it does catch some people on the entrance and on the exit. But overall, I mean, it doesn't do a lot for me. So I'm pretty interested here because Pete, I'm not sure you even knew what the Oasis was going into this episode, but yet you did not rank it last. No, I did not rank it last. So let's go to what I did rank last because that's number 26 on our list. And that is Dinoland USA. I, I don't have enough negative to say about Dinoland USA. Its only redeeming characteristic is the fact that dinosaur is here. Everything else here is terrible. While I agree with you, I think, and, and I think Dinoland ranked appropriately. The only thing that I maybe could have put lower than this is one a little higher on the list. We'll talk about in Epcot, but Dinoland does a great job during Christmas with decorations. And that's, that is probably the best thing about Dinoland. In doing a lot of these rankings for me, I started thinking about, okay, what's the most redeeming quality of a land, especially towards the bottom? And like Dinosaur, I mean, we've talked about it. My mom has a, a picture of me where I was very frightened in Dinosaur. I'm still kind of scarred by that attraction. And I'm not even sure if I've ridden it since. You, you wouldn't. Yeah, you have. You wrote it with me and you wouldn't be anymore. Or did you write it with me? No, we didn't no, get to Animal Kingdom. We didn't go to Animal Kingdom. Uh, you wouldn't be frightened anymore because the ride has been just ruined. Well, honestly, like I'd probably still be frightened because I'd be thinking about that whatever they whatever they called that dinosaur, like the Carnotaurus Car- Rex or something like that. Corona Carnotaurus. 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 You know the the the, re- the main reason that I don't like this is because of the the cheap parking lot themed midway area. That just it screams tacky and rubbish to me so the next one on our list here is um discovery island and so if you're keeping track at home we've done 27 26 now we're on land 25 discovery island for me it was just it was so blah i didn't even know how to rank it what about you guys well all all that's here is tough to be a bug right i mean there's uh I, i i struggled with this because the tree of life is here and the tree of life is really cool but that's it really it's not cool enough to pull it up uh, any higher than this, I don't think. Well, that's why I ranked it over Dinoland. It was just a tree of life. I mean, it's tough to be a bug. That's fun. But 
I mean, I, I still enjoy, you know, almost every World Showcase land more than Discovery Island. And that's kind of where we're... Tom, do you have anything to add on this? Do you have anything you want to talk about? Tree of Life, Tough to be a Bug, Discovery Island? Are we sure that area is called Discovery Island? You said it was. I thought that I thought it was in the Oasis. I looked on a map. Discovery Island is the is the area with the Tree of Life and Animal Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, it is. But there was a Discovery Island prior to this. Yeah, so I mean, the only thing I'll add here, I Discovery Island probably ranked appropriately for me. I do enjoy it's tough to be a bug, and I probably should have given more credence to the Tree of Life. My wife, my wife gave a ranking as well for this, and she had it much higher. Because she does think the the carvings in the Tree of Life and all the animals you can see definitely make, uh, they leave a lasting impression for you at Animal Kingdom. But overall, I mean, I just, if I go to Animal Kingdom, this isn't a place that I'm clamoring to go visit. Yeah, you're not spending a lot of time here. Yeah, I think you could say that for, for actually, as I'm looking at it, this one is the, what we're moving on to is the last place I don't spend a lot of time at, which is pretty remarkable for Disney World. Here we go. Canada Pavilion at Epcot. We made you start two trips ago at the Canada Pavilion when we did Epcot, and you were miserable. The, you were miserable the whole trip. It was it like it off. was like you got a yeah you got a bad taste in your mouth, and and you were just cranky. It was it was like you, can I say you were on your period? I can't say that, can I? It was like you were just cranky the whole trip. I was. I Canada is. <laughs> I think I think the the uh, state of mind that I usually hit Canada at when I've gone from Mexico to Canada, I'm in a much more delightful mood, and so Canada is just a, a blur to me. But I don't spend a lot of time there, regardless. But it's pretty if you if you go walk down by the waterfall, it's very pretty down there. It's very peaceful. Yeah, I, I think that's a redeeming quality. But I mean, let's not. I mean, let's not put lipstick on a pig here, Pete. You ranked it tr- the lowest out of all three of us, <laughs> and so. Canada comes in at 24, and I think it's probably appropriate. Fair enough. Okay, next one on the list. Really, another pavilion that I we spend a lot of time at, because you can't go to this pavilion and not walk through the, the store that they have there. I don't know how this ended up so low. I, I guess I kind of forgot about this and then had to throw a number on, but that's the Japan Pavilion at Epcot. I kind of, I kind of ranked these on my favorite drinks in the World Showcase. That's kind of how I ranked it. You know, I haven't had the experience you guys have had with all the food and, you know, food and wine and all of that. But I ranked Japan 22, so a little bit, no, I mean, pretty much in line with you guys. Honestly, I like Japan, but what I hate is when Tom has to do his 30-minute routine where he starts playing with the fire sticks and he gets a crowd around him. That's China. Okay, so I, I misspoke there, guys. I was thinking China was Japan. But um, I do like to go get the um, oysters. Like the pearls from the oysters in there. That's a lot of fun. So guys, like I, I should switch China and Japan on my list because Tom does like to spend a lot of time playing with the fire six in China. So, you know, Japan Japan at twenty three, and this is gonna sound backwards probably, but I, I don't think this is a bad score. Like twenty three and up is tough to crack, if that makes sense. And I and I'll tell you each reason why I voted something where I did. So the, the Taiko drummers, of course, are a big hit in Japan if they return. But going into the store, you do have to walk through the store. And and I, I tried to look at each pavilion as what entertainment do they offer? What is the store like? What attraction is there? Japan doesn't have an attraction that in, interests me. Um, Taiko drummers, I guess, so the, is the attraction. There's no other attraction there at Japan that I'm interested in 
uh, that's there available rather, not even interested in doing. And so Japan and, and the drinks aren't my favorite. Uh, so I'm not a fan of sake basically. And so that's kind of where Japan, Pete asked, how did it fall this low? That's kind of how it fell that low. Okay. Well, let's move on to what I think is the prettiest pavilion. And I know I said that about Canada, but I, I really do think this is the most beautiful pavilion at Epcot. Morocco got robbed. We, I, Morocco definitely again, got robbed. We ranked this independently of each other. And Matt had it at the highest. He ranked it at 18th. It falls 22nd on our list. I mean, it's it's just tough. It, Morocco, I actually really enjoy Morocco. The food's typically pretty good. The pavilion is extremely themed. And if we're talking about enjoying beverages around the world, can you beat Morocco's drinks as far as what you, you pay for what you get, kind of? One, one of the reasons that I rated Morocco so highly is because the the Moroccan government, if I'm saying that right, actually helped helped um, Epcot, helped Walt Disney World kind of theme that pavilion. So I ranked it really high for that reason. I think it's very authentic. And I can tell you right now, depending on what time of day I go through there, you know, what's going on in Morocco depends on how long I stay in Morocco. Because sometimes I stay a little bit longer than other times. And I know that we've said this before, but I mean, when, when we did the initial Mendu Disney trip, I mean, this was the pavilion that the other guys on our trip were most excited for was the Morocco Pavilion because we spent so much time talking it up. You know, before that trip, we did a secret of the day and oftentimes it was revolving around the world showcase. And we talked about kind of the history of how the Morocco Pavilion came to be. And yeah, I mean, it, it, is, an, it is a pavilion that, I mean, is extremely authentic. Now, one thing we probably should have said to begin with, we are ranking the lands at Disney World. And you may be sitting in your car or at home listening or at the gym thinking, well, they're going through the World Showcase. We didn't just – the World Showcase itself couldn't be ranked. We had to – we wanted to do the best we could to separate the lands out of that or, or the countries out of that rather. So that's why we're, we're in a stretch here where we're going to hit a few of the World Showcase countries and then we'll get back to our regularly scheduled program. Uh, but next on the list, Italy. Upon reflection, probably higher than it deserves to be. Coming in at number 21, I think you could make a case for really anything below it to have jumped it aside from Canada, Discovery Island, Dino Land, and Oasis. Yeah, I, I like Italy, but not, not someplace that typically we're going to spend a lot of time at. I like in Italy. We watched them like climb up like a bunch of like chairs or something, Pete, like a bunch of things. That was a lot of fun. That's That was my memory of Italy and... I'm actually the lowest on Italy of the group. Um, I'm 21. You guys are 17 and 18, respectively. They're Pete and Tom. And, I mean, if you look at the rankings, though, we have the next three countries all ranking the 18s on average. So, I mean, I don't think we did anything to disservice, you know, just the way that Italy fell here. Um, 20 is a lot of fun, though. 20 we talked about. We talked about this in the last episode. Um, Norway. We do enjoy Norway a good bit. I struggled mightily with how to rank Norway because – I look at Norway in two separate lights. So we, we talk often about enjoying the World Showcase, eating and drinking around the world. We talk about enjoying attractions, right? And if you go on the World Showcase of the eating and drinking around the world, specifically the drinking side, not much to offer in Norway. The food's pretty good. Uh, we, we've talked about the food on previous episodes, the school bread, obviously, the sandwiches they offer. But Frozen is probably my second favorite attraction at Epcot. And so it's like, how do you 
So that that's kind of why I I couldn't put it much lower. Like I I couldn't rank it. I mean, I couldn't rank it below Japan and Morocco and Canada. Yeah, I mean, not some place that we spend a lot of time typically in the world of showcase. Other than other than to ride Frozen, I do get a school bread every time I come through here. It it, it comes if you're going Mex if you're starting in Mexico. It's you know it's second pavilion, so you know you're still excited. You're but but I think I think this is the right right place. If you are looking for attractions and you're going from Mexico to Norway, there are two water attractions that you can ride. So if you have people that do want to get on a get on an attraction, you know, that's a lot of fun. And both those attractions are fun. Um, Pete, I know you're going to have something to say about the next one on our list and I'm going to let the listeners guess which one this is. So I would put, I would really put Norway and Germany kind of in the same boat in that they're, you know, I, I like them for what they are, but I think I, I think I have Germany ranked the highest out of all of us, and and really the reason for that, and the reason that I have Germany as high as I do, is is specifically because of Beer Garden. I love Beer Garden. I think Beer Garden is a is a great restaurant. It's a fun atmosphere. Now that's going to be changed once the parks reopen, of course, because I doubt they're going to be sitting people at the same table. You're not going to get to know uh, get to know people like you used to, but it's it's just a fun party atmosphere. One of the things that I enjoy about Germany specifically, you know, Pete, you and I were kind of in there. You were 15, I was 17, Tom was 23 for those listening. But I feel like the the cast members in Germany are really friendly and you can have really good conversations there. And maybe it's just because, you know, I'm having a good time. Like you said, it's kind of a party atmosphere, but I really do like the cast members in Germany. You know, Germany was one that, that for me, it doesn't do a lot. Not a huge fan of brats, not a huge fan of beer. Um, that's not... Beer Garden doesn't move the needle for me like it does for for Pete or for Matt. But I can understand. It's like as I'm kind of looking back on our trips, whether it's with you guys or with my wife or family, we tend to spend a lot of time in Germany. I don't know the reason because really you could get in and out pretty quickly. But we go in every shop in Germany because they have some ornaments there. So we always walk through the Christmas store. I always I always go look at the different beer glasses they have. Um, so Germany, while it did rank pretty low for me, it comes in at 19 on our poll. And, you know, maybe I skewed this one. Maybe I, I held this one back a little bit. The, the next one on our list, I know I propped up. Uh, if you look at if you look at where the other guys ranked it, our next our next land is China. And I'm seriously reconsidering. It probably should have been higher. So it comes in at 18 on our list. I ranked at 11. Pete ranked at 16. Matt ranked at 23. I rank it's pretty simple for me. I like the food in China, I like the drinks in China. I think the stores are fantastic. And I do enjoy the various uh, I don't know if you want to call them toys or games they have. Um it's, there's stuff to do in China. So, I got ahead of myself. I thought we were going to China ahead of Germany. And um that's where I was throwing my teaser out, Pete. Do you have anything you like to say about China? Anything? You know, maybe it's in the past. Nothing about the bathrooms. They've they've kind of worn worn out on you. Pete has nothing to say about China. All right, next. Yeah, Pete says the China bathrooms are dead to him. That's hilarious. Um, number seventeen, we have American Adventure, and I think this one probably got a little bit of a bump for me. Just you know, being America, because I mean, I have this fifteen overall, and really, there's there's nothing great here. I mean, there's I mean, there's a you know, there's a great show that you can go watch, and I like that. But the Guardians of the Galaxy show here was awesome. 
We watched it a couple of times. So I think if I remember correctly, Pete, we caught the tail end of it and then liked it. And there was another show in like a half hour or something. So we said, all right, well, you know, we'll kind of uh, hang around here and see the next show. So there, there are two things now that the American Adventure has. I think when the Guardians of the Galaxy show is is going, it's a great show. And then obviously the Regal Eagle, that's kind of changed the game. Voices of Liberty? Absolutely. Voices of Liberty are very good. I, I can pass on doing the actual American Adventure of the attraction, but the Voices of Liberty are good. And we often do talk, we focus quite a bit on eating and drinking around the world. The Regal Eagle has has upped the game here as far as drink selections, food selection. Um, I've eaten at the Regal Eagle. I do think it's pretty good. And I don't know, I think American Adventure feels appropriate because it's still it's still going against some pretty pretty strong lands that we're going to get to a little higher on the list. Like the next one, and, and I had this ranked way higher than you guys, and that's the France Pavilion. I love the food here. I love spending time in the France Pavilion, now, especially now that we're going to have uh, Ratatouille open. I think this pavilion is going to be the place to be. It's going to be a lot of France, fun. That's for sure. Yeah. France probably deserved to be higher. Uh, this is one that I, I always sit down and eat here, I feel like. Uh, they have the Beauty and the Beast sing-along here now, which I, I don't think it's an, oh, it's great, but it definitely sucks up a crowd. People are interested in it. Ratatouille will be coming to France. The theming's fantastic. So, you know, Pete, I think 10 is strong. Uh, Pete ranked at 10. I ranked at 17th. Matt ranked at 20th, and it, and it came in on our list at 16th. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I can see this being a touch higher, but I don't know. I I will, and I'll say it again, and I know I say it every time we talk about the France Pavilion, but I love the food here. I think you can get a great meal here for a, a very reasonable price. I do think you can get uh, a filling meal here, a filling snack for, it's probably the cheapest pavilion to eat at uh, for what you get. And and the people here, like Matt talked about, I think the people in Germany being so polite. I mean, the, the cast members, France always seems to have some of the best cast members too. I mean, they're unbelievably polite and I don't know, it's always, you always can find a table. I don't know. I enjoy, I enjoy France. All right, moving on. What do we got next? The next one, Pete, actually, is Liberty Square. So we're getting out of the World Showcase, we're getting out of the pavilions, and we're moving along on the monorail to the Magic Kingdom. And we're going to talk about Liberty Square. Liberty Square is really interesting to me because Tom and I both ranked it 13th, you know, out of 27, which is, you know, dead in the middle. And Pete ranked it, Pete ranked it 14th. So we're all in the same boat here. And when I thought about Liberty Square, the first thing that popped into my mind was the Haunted Mansion. And I wanted to bump this higher because of the Haunted Mansion. You've got one great attraction here. You've got one good attraction here. And you've got one attraction that is kind of a, if you've, if you've got small children, they may enjoy it. Well, I can't say that. Some people really enjoy the, uh, the riverboat. So you've got Haunted Mansion. You've got Hall of Presidents, which, which I like a lot. And then you've got the riverboat here. And you've also got Liberty Tree Tavern. Yeah, I think that's kind of what's what's going unnoticed. You have Liberty Tree Tavern, you have Columbia Harbor House, you have Sleepy Hollow. All of those fall within Liberty Square. And what I struggled with, I think similarly to Matt, I wanted to rank it higher for Haunted Mansion. But, I mean, it's just, I ranked it 13th, it came in at 15th on our list, and it's tough to crack the top 15. I mean, this is some pretty significant stuff that we're going to be ranking here. If you like Colonial Williamsburg, you're going to love Liberty Square. 
I mean, especially when you throw in the attractions as well. One thing that I think is kind of, you know, not mentioned enough is they have an amazing Christmas shop here. And, you know, when I go with my mom or I go, you know, with my wife or well, my, with my wife's family in the future, that's going to be a place that we're going to stop in. We're going to buy things and we're going to get shit back to our room so we can take it home because that's a really cool spot. Tom, I feel like you've, you've purchased stuff there before for your Christmas tree. I feel like you've definitely had some, some Disney, some Disney ornaments on your tree that I've seen on Snapchat and stuff. But yeah, I mean, Liberty Square is a lot of fun. I think like Tom said, the Haunted Mansion, um, you know, Columbia Harbor House, Liberty Tree Tavern, and, you know, even the steamboat kind of, kind of props it up. So we've, we've got, uh, we've got one country left from Epcot. And we have two countries left from Epcot and that's the United Kingdom. But United Kingdom is, is the first one here. I've got this ranked fourth. I don't know why, what you guys are thinking. This has everything. This has the Rosen Crown, which is, uh, I would say where I personally spend the most time in when I'm in Epcot at the Rosen Crown. The Hat Lady's here and she's coming back. You've got fish and chips here. I mean, the best meal at, at, uh, at World Showcase is, is here at the, uh, at the UK Pavilion. What else do you need? I need an attraction. That's what I need. And okay, I think well, you got one, you got one coming. We got one coming, but it's not here yet. And I think that when I was looking through my list, and as you'll see going forward, except for, well, yeah, one more World Showcase Pavilion has, has an attraction. But I started when I got to like the halfway point of this list, started thinking about, okay, you know, what are my favorite attractions? What lands have, you know, the best attractions? And so that that's what's missing for me. But no, Pete, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, I've had a lot of fun in the United Kingdom with you and with other folks as well. So I'm not going to fault you on it, but number four, that's pretty strong. So for, for those keeping score at home, this comes in at number 14 on our list. Pete obviously ranked it the highest, but by average, it does come in at number 14. I think the United Kingdom, there's maybe a couple things I should have ranked the United Kingdom ahead, but because yeah, we spend a ton of time here. I mean, Rose and Crown, I wish the World Showcase ended in the United Kingdom. You know, I have suggested to Pete that we start in Canada and we end in the UK. So we go Canada to Mexico because the United Kingdom is a ton of fun. We've spent a ton of time there. And I I can't knock you for ranking this number four, Pete, but I was a little bit more attraction heavy when it relates to the, the higher ranking land. All right. Next on the list, we've got uh, going over to Animal Kingdom. We've got Africa. So what do we have here? We have Kilimanjaro Safaris. And and I think that's I think that's kind of the main draw here, right? Is Kilimanjaro Safaris. Because really there's not a whole lot else in Africa. So I mean, yeah, Pete, as you mentioned, Africa's next on the list. And I think the big ticket item here is certainly the Kilimanjaro Safari. My wife, when I was talking to her about this episode, mentioned that Africa used to have a lot more live entertainment and that she misses that as kind of a I w- she would want to rank Africa higher, but Kilimanjaro Safari is a big ticket. Really, there's there's nothing else here. I mean, you've got the the Festival of the Lion King, and you've got the Gorilla Falls Exploration Trail, and that's really it. So for me, I am the highest on Africa on our list, and I have it ranked tenth. And for perspective, Pete has it thirteen, Tom has it fifteen, came in at twelve point seven out of twenty seven attract or twenty seven lands. And for me, guys, it was Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro is the only attraction in Walt Disney World where you never get the same experience twice. You never see the same things twice. 
you might you might see that you might see the animals you know multiple times, but every single time you'll see animals doing something different. And for me, that was that was enough for me to you know push it up into my top ten. You don't get the same attraction twice on Star Tours either. Well, I, I was more thinking, I was more thinking, you know, unpredictable animals, but you just never know what they're going to do. So that that was why I ranked it in my top ten. But you know, I, I'm not going to fault you guys for thirteen and fifteen when I start thinking about what's really there, and it is just Kilimanjaro for me. Uh, that's that's really it. That's really it. All right, next on the list. Surprising that this got as high as it did, because to me, there, this is. This land is broken right now, and that's Future World at Epcot. Well, I can tell you that for me, I actually ranked. I when I first did this list, I had Future World West and Future World East, and I chose Future World West over Future World because when I, lo- I looked at a map, guys, and that's the way the Disney maps and the brochures look right now. So I chose Future World West just because of Soren. And Pete, look it up, man. I'm trying to think my East and West right now. Maybe I'm maybe I'm incorrect, but. I picked, I, I like Soren. Soren's one of my favorite attractions of Walt Disney World. It'd probably be my top five to seven right now. And I like that more than Test Track. So you're going opposite ends of Future World. And that's where I was kind of going with it. You know, I, I think, again, I, I was probably more heavily weighted to attractions. And in Future World, if you just look at Future World all encompassing, you have Test Track, you have Mission Space, you have Soren, you have Journey to Imagination, all of what, I mean, you have Spaceship Earth, all of which I enjoy doing. You have living with the land, and I guess that's just kind of the way I sliced it. Now, none of them stand out uh, with some of the attractions that we're going to talk about, you know, later in this list. But Future World in general—it's such a frustrating place right now. Well, because Pete, I try not to look wall. at it in the present. I try to look at it in what it was prior and what it will be moving forward. Hopefully, yeah, Future World probably crept a little too high on the list. Maybe I could see United Kingdom being ahead of it, but that's about it. I mean, it, there's not really a ton under it that I would rank ahead of it. I mean, Pete, you have this at 19, and I just think that's way too low. There's a lot of pavilions that offer a lot less on the attraction side, and I think I think what we're noticing here, Pete, is you're really you know putting a priority on dining and experience over attractions on your list. Which no, is- I'm I'm putting a priority on the fact that I don't have to walk through a maze of construction walls when I go to these pavilions, and you do in Future World. It's a it's a freaking mess right now. It's absolutely awful. Yeah, Future World definitely is is a challenge right now. I don't spend a ton of time there now, but I I remember Future World prior, and I hope to see what Future World looks like afterwards. All right, next one we've got on the list is Asia at Animal Kingdom, and and I can tell you why I ranked this as high as I did. Expedition Everest. I mean, that's 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 really it, right? I mean, the land is themed very well. You know, it 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 definitely feels like you have been transported, particularly around. Expedition Everest, it, it feels like you have been transported to Nepal. Yeah, so Asia for sure for me. It was, it was the theming of the land secondary to Kilimanjaro Safari. Oh, I'm sorry, secondary to Expedition Everest rather. Expedition Everest is is one of my top attractions at Disney World. Uh, Pete, we rode it, I don't know, seven to nine times in a row at one point, so we obviously enjoy it. And I mean, it, 11 feels appropriate because I look at what we have in our top 10 and I don't know that I would replace it with any of it, uh, but it is. Uh, it did. It did creep all the way up to eleven. And for me, it was Expedition Everest. That's such a smooth roller coaster. And you know, when you start getting this, you know, this high on the list, you have to nitpick somewhere. And for me, it was. Let's start talking about the best attractions at Walt Disney World, which kind of leads us to a, a, a 
a land that I was kind of I was surprised. You know, Tom and I had this pretty pretty close here, six and seven. Pete had it at eighteen. We're going to talk about Adventureland in the Magic Kingdom. You guys have this. You guys have this way too high. Let let I me mean, if if we're talking about attractions. You've got Jungle Cruise, you've got Pirates of the Caribbean here. Two classics. Two absolute classics that are nostalgia to the max for me. And that's why I ranked it that high. Like, you, you hit the nail on the head, Pete. Um, it was because of the Jungle Cruise and Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I would agree with, with Matt's thinking here. So, Adventureland does crack our top 10 as the, as the top 10 lands that we feel are at Disney World as a group. This is what our average was. And Matt and I probably were thinking the same thing. I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean is my wife's favorite attraction at Disney World. I love it as well. And Jungle Cruise is still a classic. And so I know Pete ranked it at 18. Um, but Adventureland, you're, you, obviously, if, you, if you're following along, you realize, man, they haven't hit the big ones in Magic Kingdom yet. This shows you where, where Matt and I's favorite park will probably always be Magic Kingdom because we, we did rank these... Uh, Fairly similarly, I guess. So looking at the list here, we're talking about Adventureland right now. Pete has this at 18 in his lands, 18 of 27. It's notable some things that he ranked ahead of Adventureland. We have Africa, Liberty Square, France, American Adventure, China, Germany, Italy. And like, look, I'm not saying that Pete's wrong or anything, but it's just interesting to me to to see a, a land with two Disney classics. And how you ranked it, Pete. But I, I think I get where you're coming from, and you know, I definitely respect it. It's just, it's just interesting to me. All right, last Epcot Pavilion on the list coming up here. I had this ranked number three, Mexico Pavilion at Epcot. I love the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot. Couple reasons: one, blood orange margaritas; two, this is most of the time the first place that that we come to when we're going through Epcot. Well, when we're going through the World Showcase and there's just a lot of good feelings and a lot of good memories there. There's a lot of excitement when you walk into the Mexican Pavilion, especially when you're you know making your way through the World Showcase. If you go that way, I mean, Tom, we've had many a margarita <laughs> in Mexico. I mean, I enjoy going into the actual Mexican Pavilion, where you know going inside and seeing the seeing the market. I mean, I've heard good things about the restaurants. I've never eaten there, um, and then obviously outside, you know, the counter service where you can get a couple margaritas. They have you know, pretty good, pretty good margaritas there. But when you go inside and actually go to the tequila bar, now that's awesome. That's a lot of fun. And I do think that, you know, if you're going to rank a World Showcase Pavilion in your top 10, this is the one to rank here. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I, I think Mexico falling in at number nine for us feels right. I mean, we all love Mexico, so it doesn't really surprise me. Um, now, it is interesting. I mean, to fall above Adventureland, we're talking about two Disney classics that Matt referenced. And Mexico did come in ahead of those. But we spend a lot of time here. Oftentimes, we visit Mexico more than once a trip, or once in a day, rather. And so for Mexico to crack the top 10 and come in at number nine for the group, it doesn't really surprise me. I mean, obviously, Pete loves Mexico. He ranked it number three. And I, it doesn't surprise me in the least. I had it fluctuating between number eight and 12 on my list. It landed at 12. Um, and with Matt landing at 14, it gave us an average of nine uh, with it. So, yeah, Mexico coming into the top 10 and – and uh, just very narrowly coming in behind Fantasyland. So yeah, number eight on our list is Fantasyland. And this is one that I had a lot of difficulty ranking. Because if you're talking about nostalgia factor, Fantasyland take, takes the cake for me. You know, growing up, going to Walt Disney World, especially the Magic Kingdom. 
I think the thing that really takes Fantasyland over the top, especially for you know guys our age, is Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. That's another really great attraction, coupled with everything else that Fantasyland has to has to offer. Um, Pete and Tom had this number six, and I had it twelve. So that's how it ended up at number eight. I know that Pete, when you when you take your daughter, I mean you're going to live in Fantasyland. I, I like this land a lot because this this to me is is Disney World. You can you can, I can take or leave Seven Dwarfs. I mean, well, I say that if I don't get on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, it's not the end of the world for me. I just like spending time in in Fantasyland. To me, this is quintessential Disney World. This is this is Walt Disney World, and be our guest has just added to that. I I don't. I mean, I think the last couple of trips I've gone to be our guest. Fantasy. When I'm looking at it, I mean, Fantasyland could probably have fallen a little bit lower on my list, but I love Magic Kingdom. I like a lot of Fantasyland. I like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Nostalgia factor certainly played a role here. Uh, I I kind of don't think you could have Magic Kingdom without having Fantasyland. So that's kind of what pushed me to rank it as high as I did. So the next one on her list here, and I I, I kind of I coined this traditional Hollywood studios. And when I say traditional Hollywood studios, I'm not talking about um, some lands we haven't talked about, like Toy Story Land or Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, this is your, you know, traditional Hollywood studios. You know, where you have Rock and Roller Coaster, you have Tower of Terror, you have what I mean, R.I.P. Pete, the um, Great Movie Ride. But what's interesting here for me is we all ranked this number eight in our lands. So, I mean, is it just? I mean, obviously you have Fantasmic as well. But is it just like the big three of Fantasmic and Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror that you guys decided eight was the right number? Because eight just felt right to me. So when I when I think to, to Hollywood Studios, I mean, the traditional Hollywood Studios is the Indiana Jones, you know, the Beauty and the Beast, Rock and Roller Coaster, Little Mermaid, Tower Star, of Terror. Star Tours. Star Tours, Muppets. I mean, I love it. I love Hollywood Studios. At one point, it might have been my second favorite park at Disney World. And so, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I don't think I like. Uh, let me rephrase that. I guess what you're going to hear as we close the episode with our with our top six, there are other places in Hollywood Studios I enjoy spending more time now. But it so that's kind of why it fell where it did. I mean, I like it more than Fantasyland and Adventureland and et cetera, but et cetera. But I don't like it quite as much as some of the lands above it. All right. Well, staying at Hollywood Studios, Toy Story Land. Came in at number six. I had this rank significantly lower than you guys. And I guess my reason for that, I, I'm not... You guys really like both like Toy Story Mania a lot. I'm I'm not a huge Toy Story Mania guy. I like Rock and Roller Coaster. I like Slinky Dog Dash. I could do without... I, mean, I, I wouldn't say I could do without. I could take or leave Toy Story Mania. So, so that's why I kind of had this a little bit lower... I think that the theming of this compared to, say, a Galaxy's Edge or a Pandora is is a little bit weaker. And I'm I'm not gonna I haven't been there, so I, I don't I don't really know what you know what you're saying there, Pete, about being weaker. But I can just I've talked to a million people that have been there. I've you know this is the one this is actually the one land where I have watched spoilers. I have not watched spoilers on Galaxy's Edge or Pandora. And the people I talk to just really think it's it's fun. It's a fun land to be in. And I know there's a little bit about, you know, not be able to find enough shade in Toy Story Land. But 
I, I think that, you know, it's a place that I kind of got to the point here when we got to the top 10, the top seven, the top five, the top three. Where do I most want to go? And for me, Toy Story Land, you know, was number seven. And I think that's fair when you hear the rest of our list because I haven't been there and I, I've only done Toy Story Mania. So I'm excited to do it. And that's where I can, my kind of rankings came in into play here. Yeah, so I'm a big Toy Story fan in general. Uh, this is one of the lands that definitely changes from day to night. And I like all three attractions here. I like the food and drink options. I like the location within Hollywood Studios. The size of Toy Story Land is probably the worst thing about it. It's always overcrowded. Uh, but other than that, I'm a big fan of Toy Story Land. I had it ranked number four on my list. It did come in at, at number six for us as a group. Uh, and now we're at the the top five. I mean, this is this was tough to crack, right? I might have tanked this one on purpose. You tanked Tomorrowland. Okay, so Tomorrowland comes in at number five. I ranked it number three. Matt ranked it number five. And Pete, inexplicitly, ranked it number 12. Okay, let me just review. I'm going to quickly review it because I know we're running long. Tomorrowland, there's only one thing I think you don't like in Tomorrowland. I think it's Tomorrowland uh, Speedway. You like Space Mountain. I don't care for Buzz. Okay, you don't care for Buzz. Okay, so you like Space Mountain, you like Carousel Progress, you like Monsters, Inc., you like Tomorrowland Transit Authority. You, you don't care for Buzz, but you, yeah, I mean, I've seen you get, I've seen you smiling when you got 999,999 on Buzz. So I feel you like definitely, I've, I feel like I'm forced onto it. Tomorrowland's awesome. The music is awesome. We haven't talked about that a lot with some of these places. The music in Tomorrowland's great. And I've probably said enough for all of us on Tomorrowland. It comes in at number five. All right, Frontierland, number four. I could have tanked this. I could have. You could have. You could have. And I didn't. I would have had this so much lower because I don't care for Big Thunder. I don't care for it. Isn't that what you said about Buzz? I don't care for Big Thunder Railroad. I don't care for Big Thunder Mountain. I don't care for the Country Bear Jamboree, if that's even if that's even in Frontier. I don't know where that falls these days. Really, the only reason I have this as high as I do is because it's because of Splash Mountain. Well, you should have changed it. And, and it, it might change. It might change going forward. I don't know. Who knows if I'll like whatever we're going to call this next, you know, coming up. I mean, up. Matt, Matt, you had it number four. I mean, same reason? For me, like, it's, I've always had a turkey leg in Frontierland. So that really does bring some good memories. I mean, Splash Mountain, whatever they're going to call it going forward, it's still going to be an awesome attraction. A Big Thunder Road's fun. Um, I just, I don't know. I like, I like, Back in the day, too, I enjoyed seeing the parade in Frontierland. I mean, I like Pecos Bills. I mean, it's just it's just not a bad spot for me. And when you actually have you know two of the big three mountains in, in the Magic Kingdom in one spot, I feel like it's got to be respected. All right, next on the list. This was my number one. I probably should have put this as number two, but regardless, Pandora, the World of Avatar, still has, in my opinion, the best ride at, at Disney World. So, Pete, you haven't ridden... You have another chance to ride Rise of Resistance. Very true. So I, I understand you saying it's the best ride there. Here's here. So it came in at Pete ranked at one, Matt ranked at three, I ranked at five. It falls at number three on our list. I was more thinking Satuli Canteen and Flight of Passage, not really thinking Navi River Journey, and then thinking overall theming of the land. Again, the reason this didn't come in higher for me is the size of, of the area. I mean, it's small. But it, it is small. It still is is in number three on our list, and I'm not going to argue with it. I mean, I think that's a fair a fair rating for this land. So, Tom, I'm just going to throw 
throw something at you and tell me how you feel about this. You have Toy Story Land 4 and Pandora 5. And you talk about, you know, the, the size of the land. Obviously, I haven't been to either. So as a as a guy that hasn't been to either, what would you tell me about why, you know, you are, it's not a big difference, but it's a difference. Like you ranked it 4 and 5. I, I happen to enjoy all the attractions in Toy Story Land. I don't enjoy all the attractions in Pandora. There's one that's just not very good. There's only two there, so I wonder which one it is. What like the ambiance? Uh, like, what about the theming? Very like, different. The theming's fantastic in both. The very theming different. is a lot. The theming is a lot better in Pandora than it is in Toy Story Land. We'll agree to disagree. So the next one on our list here, and I don't know if a lot of people kind of view this as a land. We obviously do. But this was number one for me and number one for Tom. And it's Main Street USA. And Pete, I actually have a really good question for you. You have Main Street USA as number seven and Mexico number three. Where do you get more joy walking into? Main Street USA or Mexico? Mexico, probably. You're lying. You're lying and your feet stink. Main Street USA doesn't really Come on. Do you're telling you're telling a fib. Walking down Main Street doesn't get you more hyped than any other land. In Walt Disney World. Not than walking into the Mexico Pavilion. No, I, I don't think so. I really okay. don't think so. And and really if you look at if you look at what's what I mean, what's on Main Street USA? Tony's Town Square? To me to me walking onto to me walking onto Main Street is walking into Walt Disney World. And that's why it's number one for me. And I'm sure that's the same reason it's number one for Tom. Yeah, I think Main Street came in at number one for me. Number two on our list. I I know it's probably confusing, we're throwing a million numbers at you. Came in at number two on our list. And yeah, this was, I mean, it's just hard for me to go away from it. Magic Kingdom uh, is, is my favorite park, and Main Street is a big part of that, walking in and walking out. Uh, Pete's, Pete's downplaying the fact. Casey's Corner is on Main Street. Oh my I know God. he loves loves Casey's Corner, but I wish we, that we've place made would it, explode. We've made it to the top of our list, and I don't think it's going to come as any surprise. This is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Ironically, none of us ranked this number one, but based on the averaging system, uh, it did come in as number one. Uh, we all had it ranked number two. And so we, we that is, this is the only one we all agreed on. No, no. And also, um, also traditional Hollywood Studios. That was eights across the board. Okay. So we only agreed on two, both coming in Hollywood Studios. Obviously, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is, is brand new. Um, it's It's fantastic. I do think it's the best theme land at Disney World. I do think it has one exceptionally good attraction and one okay attraction. But I don't think this land, I don't think the attractions tell the story here. You talk about Ogas, you talk about the shopping, the theming, everything. Just go get lost in Galaxy's Edge. We've talked about it a lot, so I don't want to hit it again. But uh, that is number one, and that's our list of, of 27 lands. This is the one that I can't wait to get to. And if, if I walk into Walt Disney World and I walk onto Main Street, which is my number one, I, I might be, I'll be hard pressed not to turn right back around and go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and just make that my trope. Because I have to do the, the ride there. I just have to do the attraction there. It's just something you guys have talked about. Pete hasn't done it yet. It's something that's my number one bucket list right now, probably in my entire world. <laughs> I'm half joking here, but don't walk into Magic Kingdom and then turn around and try to go ride Rise of Resistance because if they ever go back to the reservation system, it's not going to work. But yeah, that's the list of 27. I'm sure if we if we left some off, feel free to let us know. Uh, but otherwise, I think job well done, man. All right, secret trivia. What do you got? So, secret of the night. Did you know 
that one of the more, I don't even want to call what do I call this? I don't want to say underrated because it's probably properly rated. One of the more unknown attractions in Adventureland is a Swiss Family Robinson treehouse, which allows guests to climb high above to enjoy the home that the Robinson family had crafted for themselves. The views from the top cannot be beat, uh, especially around sunset. And while there's plenty of detail uh, throughout the rooms of the treehouse themselves, there's a tribute to the history of the Robinson's tale at the nearby Jungle Cruise. So located near the exit of the Jungle Cruise is a shipping crate, which is addressed to Kenneth Anakin, who directed the Swiss Family Robinson movie. Underneath his name, you will find a reference to Joanne David Wise, who wrote the original novel uh, chronicling the adventures of the Robinson family. These two references are what helps make Disney so fantastic, because they have a little hidden gems and secrets like that everywhere. Going to the trivia question of last week, uh, we asked what caused the Yeti animatronic to lose its movement ability in Expedition Everest. Uh, so a few months after the ride opened, the concrete foundation on which the Yeti stands cracked, and its full range of motion was put to an end temporarily, temporarily at least. We'll see if that gets fixed anytime soon. Now there's a strobe light, so it's uh, it kind of makes it look like he's moving. But trivia question of this week. I'm sure all of you are aware of the Pirates Caribbean. We talked about it tonight. But why was the drop necessary for the attraction to be built? So if, if you're familiar with it, as you enter the Pirates Caribbean attraction, you go through some dark caves, and eventually you go into a dark tunnel where you plunge down a hill into the middle of a vicious battle. Why is that drop built in, uh, into the Pirates Caribbean? You can tweet us at Podcast or email us at MendoWW at gmail.com. Just a point of clarification, it's actually Johann David Weiss was the uh, author of The Swiss Family Robinson. You know, when I read it, it didn't seem like it would be Joanne, but that's the way I read it. So I apologize to that person. I can't pronounce her name correctly. Joanne David Wise? I'm sorry. Well, he's been dead since the 1800s, so I don't think he's going to hold it against you. I hope our listeners get a really good laugh when they hear Joanne David Wise. (laughs) Interestingly enough, uh, he was apparently inspired by uh, Robinson Crusoe to write that. So anyway, all right, that's all we've got for this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at MendoWDW Podcast. Also check out our Patreon at Patreon.com slash MendoWDW. If you have any suggestions, questions, comments, please tweet us or email us at MendoWDW at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.